0: Thank you. Let us pray. Lord of the dance, you give us so much to celebrate. And we stand before you now and prepare ourselves as you speak to us, each in our individual situations, that each of us may hear from you a word in season for us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So before we move to that act of recognition uh, for Joanna in the service this morning, I hope that this sermon and the readings will have prepared that space. Preach the word, Paul says, in season and out of season. Now when I was a, a minister up north, a local preacher on trial, that is a local preacher in training, that is the official term we give them asked if he could interview me as part of his studies and I have to admit I was a little bit nervous because Keith the guy who was training is a lecturer so he's very very clever and I was really hoping he wouldn't ask me any tough questions so I just kept saying to myself keep it simple Keith keep it simple And inevitably, in our conversation, we call it an interview, but it's a conversation really, we got on to the subject of my own call uh, to local preaching. And I said that when I received my note to preach from my superintendent minister when I was still in the Midlands at the time, it included those words from 2 Timothy chapter 4, preach the word in season and out of season. And so I said to Keith, those words have always been really special to me. And Keith looked at me very quizzically and said, but what does that mean? And I replied confidently, well, Keith, it means preach the word in season and out of season. And then I'm by the expression on his face that I hadn't answered his question at all. Uh, I had merely repeated myself. And, you know, it was a good conversation because I thought, do you know, Keith is right. What do those words mean? What did they mean to me then? And what do they mean to me now? And they still remain very special to me. But in preparing for today, they came to me again and again. And so maybe within the context today of of Joanna's recognition service, this is an opportune time to begin, just to begin, to unpack this very simple but profound message of Paul's. And so it begins, preach the word, okay? Now, let's make it clear here, if you are not... A local preacher this is not your cue to zone out of the sermon okay we still have something to say to you we all communicate the gospel there is more than one way to preach the gospel the quote preach the gospel at all times use words if necessary is attributed or some would say erroneously to saint francis of assisi and that quote has its fans and its critics i am a fan because i believe that our actions are a powerful witness which i hope will prompt people to ask me about Remembering, of course, the words in 1 Peter 3.15. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. I know that Kwame is unable to be with us today, but we celebrate with Joanna and Kwame that they have responded to God's call to be local preachers in the Methodist Church. And that's why I want you to listen, because you see the responsibility of sharing the gospel does not rest on their shoulders alone. It's on all of our shoulders. We're all in the good news business. Joanna and Kwame have studied attended residential weekends, had to complete assignments. They have made presentations as part of their study. They've had their services assessed by local preachers and ministers. And I consider most daunting of all, being interviewed in front of the local preachers meeting. They have wrestled with scripture They've added to this Wesley's other components of tradition, reason and experience to inform their teaching, whether that be on a Sunday or in a midweek group. And I guess I bang the drum for the local preachers and anyone who preaches. It's not easy. I remember when I was doing my training, somebody said to me from my church How's it going, Keener? And I said, well, Frank, it's not easy. And he said, well, nobody said it would be. And I thought, he's right, actually. It it isn't easy. Pitching the message that you have been given at the right level for our children and young people without being patronising, to be childlike, not childish... Is vitally important and as we scan the congregation our eyes fall on those who've been Christians longer than we've been alive and they wait expectantly to hear the message that God has laid upon your heart no pressure there then then there's the stranger in the midst you've never seen them before They haven't made a commitment yet. They're still searching. And they wondered if your church might be the place today where they discover the meaning of life. Add to this diverse congregation those who think God might be calling them to something, but they aren't really sure if God was And what on earth would he be calling them to anyway? And of course those members of our congregation who want to come and celebrate and might actually want to have a dance. We have a diverse congregation. It's not easy being a local preacher when all these eyes look up to you expectantly and I will say to our congregations you must come to church expectantly and expecting God to speak to you whether it be through the hymns or the sermon you come expectantly I don't want to discourage that also as a local preacher you may find that your lovely superintendent has planned you to take a service on Trinity Sunday You find yourself addressing the fact that you've never really actually got your head around this wonderful mystery. And you better do it fairly quickly because you've got to explain it to your congregation in a few weeks' time. And maybe I have said, Note to self, remember to book your holiday next year to coincide with Trinity Sunday to avoid avoid that happening again. Who would be a local preacher? Joanna, you cannot change your mind now. And when we think the stakes are high enough, just consider the varied expectations of all those who meet around the world that God faces day in and day out. Ah, God. Let us not forget him. In the midst of all these expectations, because he is the one who is holding it all together. Right at the start of chapter 4, Paul's appeal to Timothy reminds him of the presence of God and of Christ Jesus. This is not something that we do alone. We cannot do alone. We stumble and fall when we try we do it in partnership with God and with Christ Jesus and with his enabling we cannot do it any other way later in our service as part of her admission as a fully accredited local preacher Joanna will be asked questions each of her responses will be with God's help I will with God's help She can only fulfill her calling through the grace of God. And she will testify to that in her place of worship here this morning, or this afternoon now, in front of her church family and in the presence of God. And God is faithful. Haven't we celebrated that this morning? God is faithful through the good times and the difficult times. And he will continue to be faithful as Joanna seeks to continue to serve him. (laughs) But hang on a minute. Didn't I say earlier that we are all called to proclaim the gospel? Yes, we are. One of the questions that will be asked of Joanna is this. Will you seek to fashion your life according to the way of Christ... And in all things, seek to promote not your own glory, but the glory of the Lord. That is the one question that should resonate with us all. We won't all say with God's help we will, because that's Joanna's question, but I hope maybe silently in our communication with God, we will do that too. Because the Christian should show the distinctive character of their faith in their everyday lives. Most people will come to faith in Christ through ordinary people in the way that they live their lives, in everyday lives. We have our eyes set on the heavenly city. But as we live temporarily on earth, our conduct should witness our Christian faith. So the core of Paul's message to Timothy is, preach the word. And so my great friend Keith might say, well, what is the word? Which is a good question. And the answer's in the Bible, believe it or not. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19, Paul writes... That God was reconciling in the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. That's the gospel. And there's a sense of urgency about proclaiming this message. And this preaching takes many forms. It may be used to correct, to rebuke, to encourage And this, Paul points out, requires the preacher to exhibit not just patience, but great patience. Great patience. There is a sense here that the work will not get easier, but harder. And Paul's instruction to preach in season and out of season is actually quite unusual Because in order to persuade people effectively, you need to choose the appropriate manner and the appropriate occasion. You've got to pick your moment when you're delivering a message that people actually don't want to hear. I remember when I was, I think it was junior school, I was at junior school, I had, let's just say, a disappointing School report. And I if that wasn't bad enough, I then knew I had to show it to my parents. And I knew it wasn't going to go down very well. I was carrying a message they didn't want to hear. And frankly, I didn't, I didn't want to hear their message to me either. Now I knew we had a visitor calling round that evening. And so I waited patiently till he arrived. And then, when we all sat in the front room together, I presented my school report to my mother. I thought it was a really good move. Uh, To my mother in front of our visitor, knowing full well she would not shout at me in front of him. She merely glared. I knew what was coming after he left. I knew she would have her say when he left, but I hoped that the passage of time would take the sting out of it. I picked my moment to deliver my unwelcome news. Is Paul saying here, when it comes to preaching the gospel, you don't? Moment. Is Timothy being instructed to proclaim the gospel message even when the time is unfavorable? We need to remember here that Paul was in prison when he wrote his letter to Timothy. He knew that his mortal life was about to end. He continues in that letter I am already being poured out like a drink offering. And maybe he's setting his affairs in order, passing on the baton, we may say, to the young and timid Timothy. And so Paul says, for the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine and instead to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number, not just a number of teachers, but a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. The commentator Ralston writes this, the message of the gospel, if heard and understood, can be a source of comfort. But there are times when Jesus can confront us. He makes deep and searching demands of those who would follow him. Therefore, the message of the gospel wounds before it heals. Jesus can come as a great disturber of life. And when the full offense of the gospel has been felt, there will always be those who want its message softened so that it will not disturb them too deeply. The process of Christian argument, of correction and rebuke, afflicts our conscience. And it's an uncomfortable place to be. I have yet to meet someone who likes to be rebuked or corrected. I don't. If you do, come and introduce yourself to me afterwards. It's far more comfortable to listen to someone who tells us what we want to hear. And so maybe Timothy is hearing a word in season and out of season for himself. He is not to avoid the issues of church discipline and the ordering of church affairs. Timothy, it appears, was young and of a timid disposition. Paul is well aware of that and does not excuse Timothy from this delicate situation. And maybe Timothy's correction of others' faults may be gentle but still effective. Keep your head, Timothy. Endure. Discharge all your duties. For this is your service to God in Christ, as well as to the community of believers. So, Joanna, preach the word, in season and out of season. Proclaim the word of truth, Prepare your message prayerfully. Be open to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And do not bend it to suit the expectations of yourself or your hearers. And put your hand to the plow. And do not look back until your ministry is complete. Amen.